welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. My name is Richard Hazel, and in the time it takes for you to commute to or from work, I hope to have shared something of interest about orthopedic acupuncture using motor points, trigger points, myofascial slings, uh, neurofunctional acupuncture, segmental treatments, anything that crosses my mind that seems to be of interest. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Acupuncture Outsider. This is Richard Hazel. Um, today I want to talk about the suboccipital muscles. Um, seeing a lot of migraine patients recently with um, active, painful suboccipital muscles, and they seem to be um, the primary source of uh, shooting pain that goes into the eye when they have migraines. Um, so I wanted to talk about the location of the suboccipitals and their significance uh, with regard to migraines and um, some other possible um, things to consider when um, treating for things like upper cross syndrome and um, dizziness. So let's go through the anatomy really kind of quickly. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the uh, rectus capitis posterior minor because it's deep to the rectus capitis posterior major and I tend to really just treat the major and not try to get to the minor. Um, I may be missing something, but I feel like I get very good results by focusing on the rectus capitis posterior major. Um, and we're gonna talk about the obliquus muscles, the obliquus capitis inferior and superior. And the these uh, three muscles that I'm gonna talk about form a triangle, the suboccipital triangle. So let's start with the rectus capitis posterior major, which primarily, um, you could say extends the head back, um, extends the neck, but I really think it gets engaged a lot on forward head placement. So if you want to exaggerate the upper cross forward head placement, you'll feel that rectus capitis posterior major engaging. And I do believe that many of us, and and by the way, that you know they do, they do have a lot of research showing that that muscle is constantly engaged. It doesn't fatigue, but it gets super super tight. And I really think you'll see um, that a lot of us have an overly tight rectus capitis posterior major. I personally believe that it is a, a big cause for me to struggle. Uh, with the forward head placement, because when I even work on upper cross by stretching lats and pecs and trying to engage the mid-back muscles, etc., and trying to stretch my neck, I really feel like that rectus capitis posterior major is still fighting me, and I'm really coming to the point where I'm just going to needle it myself. Um, so let's talk about that location. If you put your finger on the EOP, that bump on the back of the head, right close to, close to the hairline, 
like right above the hairline. If you put your finger on that bump, the EOP, um, what is it? External occipital protuberance, EOP. And then you come down a couple centimeters probably, you're, and you dig in right below the base of the skull. You can probably hear that I'm doing this while I'm talking about it. Um, right below the base of the skull, you will feel the spinous process of C2. That's the axis. And we can't palpate the atlas. We cannot actually palpate C1. Um, so the, the only, the very top most reachable um, spinous process is C2 the axis. So if you find that axis and then you come off to the side, you will be pushing on the semispinalis capitis muscle. And then if you go just a little lateral to that and you dig your finger in kind of hard into the side of the rec the I'm sorry, the semispinalis capitis you should be able to feel this angled muscle that is the rectus capitis posterior major. It goes from the spinous process of C2 at an angle to the occiput. There's this nuchal line on the skull where it will attach. And it, so it, it makes a V shape. Um, the from the spinous process up to the the right and up to the left um to the occiput and so that is our rectus capitis posterior major the obliquous muscles are interesting they or they have an origin at the spine i'm sorry the transverse process of c1 the atlas so we can influence C1 and the atlas by treating the suboccipital muscles. So you have the, let's talk about the obliquus capitis superior. If you go to the mastoid where the SCM attaches at the base of the skull, that's going to be like the mastoid process. And you want to come back from there. You're going to feel, if you're digging in, you can feel back behind that. And you go down to the neck. You can feel and kind of push in, what do I want to say? Almost like you're trying to push in toward your opposite eye. Okay. There is... A, and a suboccipital there. It goes from the occiput to the transverse process of C1, the atlas. So it's an angled trajectory, and you can palpate that muscle on yourself or on your patients, and we needle it in an upward angle toward the opposite eye we don't want to go anywhere forward that would go into the um the um vertebral arteries there that's actually the blood supply of these suboccipital muscles it's the vertebral arteries so they're right there at that transverse process where it 
or originates is very likely where the blood supply for that muscle is. So we don't want to be angled in any way that way. But um, this muscle helps a little bit on extension, but mostly on lateral flexion. And the rectus capitis, by the way, rectus capitis muscles, they do extension, but they do a little bit of rotation. So, um, so I just want to make sure I mention that. There is a bit of rotation you get from rectus capitis, but rectus capitis primarily extension. So then that, that obliquus capitis superior can do a little bit of extension, but mostly it's lateral flexion. Then we have the obliquus capitis inferior. And don't sleep on this one. This one is, I think, possibly the most important for headaches. Um, and I'll tell you why. There, It goes from the spinous process of C2. So that's the first one you can palpate. And then and it goes, well, it originates at the transverse process of C1, the atlas. So it goes at an angle. Now, why is this more important than the other two, in my opinion, for headaches? Well, do you remember that when we talk about the um, greater um, occipital nerve that innervates the back of the skull, like the back of the scalp? It's a sensory nerve that gets entrapped by the trapezius and can trigger migraine headaches. That um, greater occipital nerve, when it comes out of the semispinous capus and, and um, before it comes out of the semispinous capitis to go up, it will go slightly around the bottom edge and up on the um, obliquus capitis inferior. So the obliquus capitis inferior can entrap and irritate the greater occipital nerve that goes up the back of the head. So this, this little tiny muscle that rotates our head to the left and right can irritate the occipital nerve that can cause a lot of migraines. So when you palpate for this on your migraine patients, you will find very often on the side that they get their migraines that this muscle is noticeably sore, tender, irritated. So we can treat this one um, fairly easily. The location for treating that muscle, you find the spinous process of C2, and you find the transverse process of C2. Remember, it goes all the way up to C1, but that's not where we are going for our location. We go from spinous process of C2, we come around to the transverse process of C2, we bisect that. So we have one finger on one place, one finger on the transverse process, we go right in the middle and push in toward the center. And you're coming in from the side of the neck and you will feel that tight, ropey, obliquous capitis inferior. And like I said, if it's a headache patient on one side where they get their headaches, very likely this muscle is giving them some pain. And I've had a lot of good success with patients who've come in with a migraine 
treating the suboccipital muscles and having them walk out with no more migraine, even when it's been lasting for like two days or three days. So do not sleep on these muscles, especially the obliquus capitis inferior. Now, there are some other things to talk about with these muscles. The rectus capitis posterior major, that's the one in the back, and the obliquus capitis inferior share fascia that is attached to the back of the dura mater of the spine. So there's this myodural bridge. Myo is muscle. So you have this myodural bridge that they don't know for sure. They believe that it is um, to help with the circulation of cerebrospinal fluid and also to stabilize the, the spine. They're not sure. Some people believe that the movement of the suboccipital muscles influences and aids circulation of cerebrospinal fluid. Um, and they think that dysfunction in these muscles can also affect the good flow of cerebral spinal fluid. So there, there are some uh, theories about migraines and cerebral spinal fluid and this myodural bridge that you're going to see from the obliquus capitis inferior and the rectus capitis posterior major and minor. Um, I believe that I've seen that semispinalis capitis also shares fascia that leads to the myodural bridge. So these are all very important headache muscles. Um, there's a ton of proprioception in the suboccipital muscles. So the research that I saw measured muscle spindles in one gram of the muscle tissue. So they counted muscle spindles in the semispinalis capitis muscles, and they were somewhere in the um, 100 to 200 muscle spindles per gram of muscle tissue. Whereas something different like the gluteus maximus or the upper trapezius, they, they saw like one or two muscle spindles per gram of muscle tissue. So it's a huge, huge amount of muscle spindles in the suboccipital muscles. So our, they must be a big part of proprioception for our head and balance. Therefore, dysfunction in the length and um, elasticity of the semi of the um, sorry of the suboccipitals can clearly be a source of dizziness, and we know it can be a source of headaches. So, and sometimes dizziness and headaches go together. So, it's definitely worth um, investigating for somebody who has a lot of dizziness that can't be explained by medical professionals. Um, if somebody's having long-term dizziness, of course, they should be seeing um, a doctor and be uh, checked for anything systemic or neurological, etc. Of course, if they're in your office, very likely 
nobody has been able to tell them why they still have dizziness because their brain scans are good, everything looks good, MRIs look good, their their um, metabolism is good, their thyroid is good, their levels of of iron, everything are all good. But they're in there with dizziness. So now we want to look for musculoskeletal causes of dizziness and while there are neck muscles like splenius capitis and levator scapulae and the trapezius that I would consider for dizziness, I would also make sure I palpate the suboccipital muscles and might and I might treat them just in case, even if I'm not sure how tight they really are, because I don't trust that palpation alone is going to tell me that a muscle is not too short and tight and causing, um, should we call it, um, imperfect proprioception. So really it's good to consider the suboccipitals for that. I personally believe that the upper cross syndrome, um, while we should always be working with things like the pectoralis muscles, the lats, um, the weaker mid-back muscles, tight upper traps, um, the neck, extensor the big neck extensors i think um really it's good to consider also especially the rectus capitis posterior major uh, because i believe when it's short and tight it's almost certainly pushing the head forward so you know it could you could be working on all the bigger muscles like i always do for upper cross um, but if you're missing this uh, suboccipital muscle, they may still end up with more of a forward head placement than ideal. And it is believed that because of these suboccipitals and their ability to cause migraines, that working with posture can be beneficial for long-term relief for migraineurs. So if you're working with migraine patients and you find that their muscles are triggering uh, migraines, and you're working on these uh, semispinalis capitis muscles, trapezius, uh, suboccipital muscles, uh, the SCM, and you're getting good results, then, you know, for long-term results, start considering having your patient work on their posture. And that might even involve uh, physiotherapy, physical therapy uh, for those patients, because they do know that the forward head placement puts a lot of strain on these suboccipital muscles and we know that they can be a big cause of uh, migraine headaches, especially the ones that go into the eyes. Um, Janet Travell has trigger point images of the suboccipitals and, and talks about the shooting pain that goes into the eye. So definitely something to consider. Um, I'm wondering if I missed anything that I wanted to say about that. Um, no, I really just think it's important, you know, do some Googling and look into the suboccipital muscles and headaches, suboccipital muscles and dizziness and the myodural bridge. I think you'll find some new ideas for treating your patients who have headaches, dizziness, and maybe even neck pain. Okay, so that is the episode for this week. 
Um, I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Take care.